0: Mystery House. Mystery House. That strange publishing firm owned by Dan and Barbara Glenn, where each new novel is acted out by the Mystery House staff before it is accepted for publication.
1: Mr. House. Come right in, Art. We're just about ready to start.
0: Hi, Mrs. Lent. Where's Dan?
1: He was called out of town on business A publisher's convincing.
0: Uh uh. I know all about these conventions.
1: So do I, Mr. Hearn. That's why I load him down with so much work he won't have time to draw a deep breath.
0: Hey, speaking of deep breath, have you ever noticed how important breathing is for a radio announcer? out
1: there? In what way?
0: Why you have to breathe deeply to make your commercial announcement sound natural and easy? Take this for example.
1: All right, everybody in your places. Set the scene, guys.
0: Death at Deadline. Tonight's story opens in the private office of Luke Chilton, managing editor of the Star. One of his reporters, Pamela Carter, enters to announce an unwelcome caller.
1: You have a caller, Luke.
0: Oh, yes, Pam. I'm busy with devil right now. I'm making the dummy on page one. The same old caller, Luke. You know not mean Jim Bullen. The same. He always comes when I'm busy and
1: he knows I'm doing well. I'll tell him you you're not in. No, that won't do. He knew I'm in. Look, Luke. Why not give him the bum's rush? Just because he was a reporter on the Star and you fired of course, him. it's not and... him,
0: soft, Pam. I feel sorry for the guy. He could have been a good reporter if he,
1: if he hadn't had a heart full of loss in it. Why you'd have lost your own job if you'd let him get away with the kind of shade down he was pulling. No respectable person. Oh no, I know. Julian. You are too soft, Luke. You'll see you, Jim. Thanks. Oh, uh, don't run on my account, Pammy.
0: Hello, Jim. This is a little bumblebee, aren't you, Luke? I am busy, Jim. And, um, a little hard up. Ten bucks is just about all I can that, yeah, Luke. Surprise! I'm not after Bonnie tonight. No? No. I've been taking things over, and I've decided to come back to work for this time. I'm sorry, Jim. You're a good reporter, but after what happened... Well, it was blackmail, Jim. He suppressed the story for money. The whole staff knew about it. If I would put you back on, I'd lose the respect of everybody on the plant. I always liked the Star. If you're ready to get down to business and do a good reporting job, there's no reason why you can't get back to work. But not on this newspaper. But it's on the Star I want to work for, Luke. You don't seem to understand. I'm sorry, Jim. Look, I've decided to go back on the Star. And if you're smart, you'll take it. I told you I can't, Jim. If you don't, you'll be making a big mistake. Then it's a mistake I'll have to make. I'm giving you a chance. Sure. Luke. You're giving me a chance. Now listen here. That's what I said. You fired me. I took my spanking like a little man. But I've decided to pay you the punishment's over. I'm back. No, you are not. You with your pious talk of blackmail. You know why you fired me just as well as I do. Do you think I ever fell for that blackmail gag? That was the truth, you uh... fired me because you're in love with Pam Carter and you thought I was in the way. You can't talk to me like that and get away with it. I can't talk that way because you don't like to hear the truth. I was running you a close race with Pam till you fired me. Get out of here. I don't have to put up with this kind of talk. You've no right in here. No right in the star? Why? Because I was fired by you. But you're going to hire me again. You're wrong, Jim. Dead wrong. Now get out of here. I'll have some of the boys to you. I'm getting back under the star. Back where Pam is. Back where I can straighten things out with her. And if I can't do it because you're here, I'll have to see that you're not here. You uh, think you can get my job? Go ahead and try. I'm not talking about your job, Luke. I'm talking about you. I can get rid of you so easy you wouldn't believe it. Permanently.
1: Well, another day, another dollar. I'm heading for home and a little shut out.
0: I'll uh, buy you a cup of coffee if you'll wait for me.
1: No, thanks. I need to sleep you stick around here till the first edition's off the press, and that means another half-hour till. In the words of the old song, I'm tired and I want to go to bed.
0: <laughs> well, don't say I didn't offer. <laughs> Good night, sir. Good night,
1: Lou. Oh, and by the way, hmm? did Jim Boland make another touch?
0: Ah, no. This time he demanded his job, back. he?
1: Demanded his job? Yeah. But he must be crazy. He
0: made all kinds of threats.
1: I don't think why you put up with him. Well, see you tomorrow. Right,
0: John. <laughs> well, might as well get out some links from the city editors in the wire desk. Ah. You want to see me? You're a little cuddly, ain't you? And I want to see you. Have a chance. I'll stand up, thanks. I talk better on my feet. What do you want? I'm Jeff Portland. Oh, yeah, We've uh, had a few stories about you, Miss Cortland. But I never had the pleasure of meeting you. It ain't going to be any pleasure for you, Chilton. No? No. i got a tip you're letting loose on me in tomorrow morning's paper. Well, maybe you've been misinformed, Cortland. Not that it wouldn't be a pleasure to have a story on you. You've got it, all right. If you'd uh, blag me with the facts, I'd be happy to prove it. Don't try to bluff me, Chilton. you me wide open with a story about my gambling joint. You're wrong. If I ever get the chance, I will. If you don't figure in tomorrow's news. Not yet, at any rate. I'll believe you when I see the paper. Well, you won't have to wait long. The boy should bring me a copy in a couple of minutes. I'll wait. Who uh, told you there was going to be a story about you? That's none of your business. But I'm afraid it is. The people on this paper are telling outsiders about this. Oh, it wasn't anybody who worked for you. I know how you feel about that. I got the same kind of trouble. Rats that give tip-off.
1: Find oh, me. Here's your paper, Mr. Shelton. Yes.
0: Thanks, Thanks, Billy. You can move, beat it now.
1: Okay. okay.
0: Good night, Mr. Kelvin. Good night. Here, ladies, me Look it over. Is it on the front page? I told you there isn't any story about you. You can start at the front page if you like. All right. You know, the papers seem kind of dead without the war news anymore. A nice murder, huh? Say, I want to spend some time reading that one. Professional interest? Yeah. Hey. Hey, what's that? What are you trying to pull? Pull? Oh, I don't get you. This story about me, right in the bottom of the front page. What about you. Listen up Now. now. You think I can't read? <laughs> Jeff Coughlin, number one hoodlum and gangster, is through. Tomorrow, the star begins a sensational expose of his operations, naming names, dates, and places. The star today accuses Jeff Coughlin of crimes ranging from crooked gambling to murder. All of these charges will be substantiated in future to- articles. Files on Coughlin have been built up over a period of months, and all the star's information will be turned over to any authorities or interested. The day, the, 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 the Oh, you didn't know nothing about it. You huh? Never saw the story before my What do you think you're talking to, a sap? Nobody's been playing tricks around here. Just a minute. Hey, hey, Make a right. move for that phone and I'll play. I just want to call the composing room. I've got to find out where this story came from. You know where it came from, all right? Hey, you. Okay, wise guy. Take a look at all this information you say you got. I don't have any information. You no, you Are you going to send me to the pen without my even raising a finger? Let's have it, children. I don't have <laughs> a thing can. Oh no. Not much. You'd put yourself right out on a limb like you're doing that story if you didn't have proof. Come across. That story never came out of this office. I'm getting kind of tired of listening to that kind of stuff, Silton. You're in ten with a little boy. I mean business. Ooh. Ooh. Put down that gun. Get me that proof you're yelping about, or I'll blast your head off. Now, where's the stuff in? Look around if you won't believe it. I'll look around, all right. There's nothing here. The more of you, kitty from calling the composing room, the more papers are going out here. See, you got me right on the spot, don't you? Go on a murder rap, huh? I don't know a thing about it. Somebody sold it to you. One of my boys. Think you got me cold, huh? Well, let me tell you something, wise boy. I got you cold too. It's joint deserted. Even the office boys left. Must be close at three o'clock in the morning. Nobody on the street. I can get away from here plenty easy, and I can fix up an alibi. Now, either you give me that information, or I'm going to blow you right off of the map. You fool! You've got to believe me. I believe you, all right. I believe what you wrote in the paper. It says right at the top of the page. If you read it in a star, it's so. And plenty of other people will believe it, too. What have I got to do to convince you that I don't know anything about it? You couldn't do it, funny boy. First, I get a tip from a guy who knows what you're doing. He says certain things. I come here and what he says checks. Everything checks except you. Okay, so will I. What do you want be. would you? Give me all that proof you say you got about me. But I don't have a thing. I'm getting kind of tired mucking around with you. You just come across before I count to three, or I'm going to blast you. One, two... An... Who gave you the tip? That might be important. The guy who used to work for you. Tell a friend of yours. A guy who spent a lot of time with you. Who? Jim Bowling. He doesn't know a thing about what's going on around here. sure know about that story. Tell on your fallen for time. One, two... All right, wise guy. Oh, shit. Oh, you yep. You've been framed.
1: Well, oh, yeah.
0: How does Jim Boland, the ex-reporter figure in this murder... And what good will it do him if it doesn't any good? We'll find out in the second act of the night story. Meanwhile, here's a message from our sponsor. And now, act two of Death at Deadline. Jeff Corklin has made a frenzied search of Luke Shelton's office without finding any evidence of his crime. He's just getting ready to leave. <laughs> Jim Boland. Yeah. Where do you think you're going, Corklin? You Nothing big enough to stop me, Boland. You... I wouldn't wait for you. your gun to follow you, Corklin. I won't hesitate to kill you and you covers covered before you even get started. You're sure to, you rat. You were the guy who set me off. Sure. Really? Sure, I was the one. And I knew what you'd do, too. What's the big idea? You thought I was working with you, didn't you, Corklin? Well, I wasn't. I'll, uh, take your gun if you don't mind. No. I said I'll take it. Thanks. You tipped me off in a story. You told me how long to wait before I came up here so I'd get to talk to children alone. Now oh, you're trying to turn me in. What's it all about? Maybe I'll tell you sometime, Coughlin. Right now, I think I'd better call the police. Riley? Riley, this is Jim Boland over at the Star. Bring over a couple of good strong boys. Hey, I've got a murderer for you, and he's a little tough to handle. No, no, I'm not joking. I said a murderer, and that's exactly what I mean. Right. Goodbye. Boy, you dirty double-crawler. Stand by, There's nothing I'd like any better than to shoot.
1: You mean you were working on the star all this time?
0: Sure. You know, Luke had an idea that no reporter could get the goods on person because the hoods had every newspaper man in town spotted. So we planted that blackmail story about me and I got fired. At least that's what everybody thought. But you really were fired. You mean I was taken off the payroll. Sure. Luke was afraid there would be some leaks in the office, so he really did it up brown. That's why I came in to borrow money from him so often. He was giving me the full amount of my check every week and then he was going to get the money back from the paper once we broke with the story.
1: But he seemed so consistent. I really
0: thought... I know. Ah, good old Luke. He could put on a good act when he had to.
1: But he didn't even tell me.
0: He... Pam, honey, that was one thing he really felt bad about.
1: Not being able to tell me?
0: No, about making me look bad to you. He figured he'd sort of broken things up between us said the first thing he was going to do after the storybook was square me with you.
1: But Luke and I were in love with each other. We were going to get married.
0: That Bother him too, honey. He said he was afraid you'd fallen for him and that, well, he just wasn't a marrying kind. But that's not true. Try not to be sorry, Miss Tammy. He was putting on a show to get a whale of a big story. He was a newspaper man.
1: But what happened to the story? What happened to all the information about Corkland? The documents and things?
0: Corkland got him, of course. But the cops can't figure out how he got him out of the place unless he had one of his boys with him and sent him off the 40-shot loop.
1: Oh. oh, Officer Riley. Hi, Riley.
0: Uh-huh. Kirkland broke him down, told you where he gets the papers yet? No, oh, but he's done better than that. He's confessed to another murder. Another murder? The foreman of the Star composing Room, Herman Schultz. It seems kind of funny Schultz leaving that note that had been called out of town right when the murder was taking place.
1: But... Why would he kill the composing room for him?
0: Yeah. He says he went to this Schultz and asked him to keep the story out of the paper. Schultz wouldn't do it. So he got to him outside and killed him. He was planning on going back into the composing room then and taking the story out himself. But he didn't know how to unlock the page for him. Did he uh, tell you where the body is? No, worse luck. That's what's burning me up. He tells us he's killed this Schultz and then he sits and laughs at us. It is up to us to find the body. And we can't do nothing about it till we find the cop. That's right. You can't, can you? All right, Cochran. Here she is. Would make it snappy. Hello, Miss Carter. Hello. Listen, copper, what are you standing around for? I said I wanted to talk to the lady alone. All right, all right. But no tricks now.
1: Well, Mr. Coughlin.
0: Is that gag of yours about my killing the composing room foreman working?
1: Right. The police have finally started looking for Herman Schultz.
0: You know, it's kind of funny how things work out. What do you mean? Why, they are hating me for killing your sweetheart and wanting revenge. And I hate Jim Boland and want revenge. The only way we can both get what we want is by working together.
1: Somehow, Mister Corbin, I don't hate you as much as I did at first.
0: You believe my story about what happened, huh?
1: I know it's true. Jim Boland is just as guilty of killing Luke as if he pulled the trigger.
0: It was that story.
1: And everything depends on my hunch that Jim Boland planted that story, then tipped you off.
0: I was crazy tall when I seen it in the star. Being intent like that meant I was all through lost my head.
1: Which was exactly what you were supposed to do. If the police would just find the composing room for him maybe
0: Baby, you don't even know he's dead.
1: He has to be. The only way Jim could have pointed that story was through Furman Schultz. And he couldn't just let him show in.
0: The guy left a note saying he was going away. But the note is piped. Bowling's dearlier than me but I can't touch him.
1: We should just find the body. There
0: may not even be a body.
1: There is. Somewhere. Corcoran. I just got to make Jim Bowling pay for killing Luke.
0: So I could help you with that job.
1: I'll get Jim Bowling. Somehow. Somewhere.
0: You know, baby, when you grit your teeth like that, I'd give you a job in my mob. If I was out. (laughs)
1: Through for tonight, Sam. Going home? No, and I wish you'd stay a few minutes, Jim. Why? I just called Officer Riley. What for? I got some new evidence on Luke's murder.
0: Look, honey, I wish you'd forget that murder business. It's all settled. They got Cortland cold. What more do you want?
1: There's still Herman Schultz.
0: You know something? I don't believe Schultz is even dead. I think Cortland used his disappearance to mess things up. He knows they won't go to trial till they find Schultz's body.
1: That's a very interesting theory, which shows you don't know the facts. What do you mean? You'll see. Oh, there's Riley now.
0: I come as fast as I could, Miss Carter. What's this all about, anyways?
1: I want you to put Jim Boland under arrest, Officer Riley.
0: What? What's a joke? I was never more serious in my life. Sam, what's this all about? It's your idea of a joke. It's in rotten taste.
1: It's not a joke. Do you think I believed you when you said Luke wasn't really in love with me? Oh.
0: So you're sorry about that.
1: I never believed it for a minute. You hated Luke because he fired you. Because I loved him instead of you. For a lot of reasons. You decided to kill him, but you didn't have the nerve to do it yourself. And you were much too clever for that anyway.
0: Oh, Pam, please. Don't be so melodramatic.
1: You tipped Jeff Cochran off that Luke was going to run an expose of Cochran's racket. You told Corcoran to come in after the deadline. when there wouldn't be anyone else in the office.
0: That's a beautiful story. And a
1: true one. Then you wrote that story about Corcoran. A threat to expose his whole setup. Look, I wasn't even
0: supposed to be working on the paper. I'd have had fun getting a story published, wouldn't
1: I? That's where I'm going to get you, Jim. You had to enlist Herman Schultz's aid to get that story into the star. You told him some lie. Probably that Luke had ordered it in. Once that story was locked up in the page form, you sealed Luke's death warrant. That's a nice theory, Pam, but
0: you don't have an ounce of proof for it. That's right, Miss Carter. You've got to be careful about making such accusations. Oh, I don't mind, Riley. He's upset But I do and...
1: have proof. I got the original copy of that Parker news story. And it wasn't typed on Luke's typewriter.
0: It is, is that right now? Which doesn't prove much either, does
1: it? I had a... Well, a friend of mine break into your apartment, Jim. The type on your typewriter checks with the typing in the story. So what? So what? It means that you wrote the story. Well, what if it does? You killed Luke. You got Cortland to come in to see him. You timed it so we would get there just before the paper came out with that story. You... What if I did? You can't hang a
0: thing on me. I'm legally in the clear. Jeff Cortland admitted killing Luke Chilton. He did it. There's no argument there. You can't do a thing to me. That's what I wanted to hear you say, Jim.
1: You contemptible... But Luke
0: had it coming to him. But I didn't kill him.
1: You think you're awfully clever, don't you?
0: Clever enough so that I wasn't going to involve myself in murder. And I didn't. I got what I wanted without taking any risk.
1: You're forgetting one thing, Jim. One awfully important thing.
0: I didn't forget anything. You're I...
1: forgetting the murder of Herman Schultz. Remember?
0: But he wasn't murdered. He. Oh yes, yes he was. Hawkins confessed to that one too. Parkland why? He's using that as a to... Schultz... Oh, hello, Joe.
1: Got the first edition for us? Uh, yes, Miss Carter, right here. Thanks. Herman Schultz isn't dead. No. A... Take a look at the front page of the Star, Jim.
0: Let me see. Police find body of star foreman. The body of Herman Schultz, star composing room foreman, was found late last night by the police. A bullet in his temple. The police were baffled by the fact that the bullet was not from the gun of Jeff Cortland, who had previously confessed to the murder. That puts a different light on things. Now, you were holding a gun on Cortland when you called me over here to get him. I'd like to be taking a look at that gun, Bullen. Maybe the ballistics department would be interested, too. It's a flame-up. I didn't kill Herman. much. I'd like to see that gun, Boland.
1: Better let him have it, Jim. No.
0: No, you're blaming me. You get it coming, Pam. You get it. That's you... right, Jim. Blame everyone but yourself. Hand over that gun, Boland. I... All right. Sure. Sure, I'll get it. To you. I'll give it. Try <coughs> shooting at me, will you? Why, you dirty... Oh! I'll oh, get... get I didn't kill him. I didn't kill anybody. Well, I had to do it. Now to check his revolver against the body. You know, it's funny they didn't tell me over at the station about finding that body with me working on a case like I did. There isn't
1: anybody, Riley.
0: What? Nobody? But it says right here in the paper. I
1: know. That's the second time lately the papers had a phony story. I thought there was a body, and I was hunting for it. I discovered that Jim had paid Herman Schultz to put that story about corkling in the paper. Paid him plenty. Schultz was hiding in Jim's apartment, till this thing blew over.
0: But if Schultz was hiding in Boland's apartment, then Boland knew he wasn't dead.
1: Last night, I asked Jim if I could borrow his revolver. Said I'd been scared lately from Luke's murder. He let me take it. Early this evening, I returned it to him with one bullet fired when he saw that story, he thought I'd framed him. Just as he framed Luke. He could see the police checking the bullet and finding the case from his gun. It never occurred to him that the story in the star was another fake.
0: It may have been a fake, but it sure got resolved.
1: Yes, it, I took care of for me. I... I suppose I should be... very happy now. <laughs> Oh, my God. Mystery House.
0: Mystery House. That strange publishing firm owned by Dan and Barbara Glenn, where each new novel is acted out by the Mystery House staff before it is accepted for publication. Mystery House. Oh, we play the part of husband and wife tonight, huh, Barb?
1: Any objections? Well,
0: of course not. I haven't complained about the role in real life, have I?
1: Well, you better not. But if you ever try being the kind of husband in real life that you are in tonight's story, watch out.
0: Well, you don't need to worry about Dan, Mrs. Glenn. He's one husband in a million. Well, gee, thanks, Tom. Oh, that's all right, Dan. You know, you two know how to enjoy life.